everyone, welcome to Danny Chats. This is episode number six, and today I'm joined by Beth. Hi, Beth. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Pretty good. And whereabouts are you calling from? Uh, Michigan, St. Clair, Michigan. Nice, nice. Um, so uh, you've told me a tiny bit about your story, uh, and you said that you um, you weren't actually diagnosed with Wilson's disease. Um, do you want to tell me a bit about that? Yeah, um, it was 22 years ago. Yeah. Um, I had been in school to become a teacher, and I had been doing student teaching for a couple, a few months, and I had been getting tired. I was coming down with stuff very easily, um, but I was also planning my wedding. So I kind of attributed all of this to stress. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really, it wasn't anything major. So, um, so we got married July 3rd and I had been to the doctor. I had moved to Kalamazoo to be with my um, husband at the time, which is across the state. And um, I'd been to the doctor a couple of times and I had a kidney infection. And I was just coming down with all sorts of things. Yeah. And um, he tested my blood right before our wedding and said that my liver enzymes were a little high, but not too high to be concerned and to come back and have them tested in a few weeks and if you didn't hear from me go ahead and have your wedding everything's great yeah well I, I had my blood tested again and I didn't hear from them so I assumed everything was fine well it wasn't <laughs> so <laughs> we got married July 3rd um, honeymoon I was sick most of the honeymoon came back I was retaining water um, my husband, we were talking about this last night, uh, told me that I had moved in with him like three or four months prior to that. And he noticed that I was more depressed and um, down and stuff that I just, I wasn't seeing. But um, so after again, from the wedding, I was having, I had so much fluid retention that um, I was having trouble breathing. So I went to the emergency room and they diagnosed me with pneumonia and which, it wasn't, but they put me on antibiotics, which made things way worse <laughs> for my liver. So um, I went back to my family physician and he said, well, you know, your numbers were higher. And I'm like, oh, well, that would have been nice to know. But um, yeah, so he um, recommended that I see a gastroenterologist. Um, so Dr. Hanovan, which I will forever be indebted to him. Uh, I went and saw him and he walked into the room and took one look at me and said, you have a very sick liver. Uh, he, he had me show, I, all I had to do was show my hands to him and he looked in between the skin and between your fingers and he said, it was translucent and he said, you, you're, I can tell by just looking at you. Yeah, was you jaundice at all? Not too bad. I mean, it was, I did get jaundice eventually, but it was very gradual. So it wasn't yeah. something that people really noticed. Yeah. And did you have, um, well, I think they're called like spiders here or uh, spider monkeys or something, but they're like little red patches um, on your hands or anything. No, no, no he of... said he looked in between, he had me hold up my hands and he looked at the skin in between my fingers yeah. and he said that it was translucent and that that was a total indication that your liver was failing. I'm like, okay. So he ended up doing a liver biopsy on me and, um, it came back that I had some mild cirrhosis and he uh, said that it was probably autoimmune hepatitis. Yeah. Did you so find that, the, the um, biopsy painful? Uh, no, no, uh -huh. I don't remember a whole lot from back then, but I don't remember. I, I, I think I wasn't um, 
unconscious, but I I think they gave me some good stuff. I don't yeah I don't remember it being that painful. Yeah, I think I, I woke up slightly early because uh, I think they sedated me as well, and I woke up early and it was just the worst pain. But then oh. they gave me something else, and I was back out again. And then when I came back around, I was fine. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't remember it being painful. But um, so we had all sorts of questions for him um, about the autoimmune hepatitis. Like, could we have children? Could you know what was? And he said, Oh no, no, your numbers right now. You'll probably need a transplant twenty years from now. Um, he started me on steroids and said, as long as you take these medicines, you should be fine. So, but he said, I do want to get you hooked up with. There's two hospitals in Michigan who do transplants: um, University of Michigan and Henry Ford Hospital. And Henry Ford Hospital is in Detroit, which is closer to where I live. So I chose there. And he happened to know uh, one of the gastroenterologists there. And he recommended her and said, just, you know, get in the system so that they can track you. So we were coming back over here on this side of the state for a wedding anyway. So I made my appointment. And this was, I think, from, from being tested with Dr. Hanavan to being at Henry Ford Hospital, I think it was like a three-week span. And in those three weeks, uh, my numbers went bad enough to be listed immediately and be at top of the list. And um, I came home, I did all this testing at Henry Ford and they gave me all the psychological tests and I passed all of those. So I felt horrible, but my mind was okay. But by the time I got home, I went completely like Looney Tunes. Like yeah. my, my mom caught me unraveling all the toilet paper in the bathroom and like, I was just, out of my mind doing crazy stuff yeah yeah and dan said my husband dan was telling me i was saying the weirdest stuff like nothing i was saying was making sense so they called the hospital right away and that's when they said the hospital was like we were going to call you anyway because her numbers are horrible and she needs to be listed right now yeah so i went back into the hospital and i only had to wait i think two or three days before liver became available and um the first liver they found for me however wasn't my surgeon did not want to put it in me. He was an older yeah. gentleman and he said, no, nope, no. Nope. So um, I ended up with the liver of a 16 year old young man who uh, passed away in a car accident. And uh, so I didn't find out till later, like I was, my transplant was supposed to be 12 hours. It was six, like the surgeon said, everything was super perfect. Quick. Yeah. yeah, he said it was as well as it could possibly go. So um, I was only in the hospital maybe five days five or six very days. Very good, very good. Yeah, so um, it was my first post-op appointment at the hospital after being home. And they sat me down and they were like, we just got the pathology back on your liver and it was filled with copper. Yeah. And so they said, we don't think you had autoimmune hepatitis. We think you had Wilson's disease. Yeah, but so, um, when I had my liver transplant, they um, obviously tested that for copper as well. And they said the, the for me, because I'd been on tablets, obviously, they, they said that had been working. It was only because oh. I'd had so much damage from yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it just didn't re-heal. Yeah. So that's bad. So, um, and then obviously, you've been put on, like, the anti-rejection tablets and yes. everything. Like, what, what other tablets were you on after? Uh, well, they started me out on, well, I was on uh, high doses of steroids right after, and then they eventually weaned you off of those, which was great because... That I was to say, I mean, that's where I think I had most of my side effects from was the steroids. So yeah. uh, I had, you know, night terrors. Um, mm -hmm. I'd never had sleep paralysis before, but I had that. Oh. Just and lack of sleep as well. Uh, I was struggling to sleep. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. When they started weaning me off, I went into a deep depression. Like I never knew what clinical, like they talk, people talk about clinical depression, you know, like what is that? You know, and now I know what that is. Like I couldn't get off the couch. Yeah. And it got to the point where my husband was calling the doctor and they said, oh, didn't we tell you that when you're weaned off of steroids, you could, and we were like, well, no, no one shared that information. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, no, I went into a pretty deep depression until I was totally clear of those. But um, now I'm on a minimal, like they started me on Prograf at first and I got horrible tremors from that. So they took me off of that medication. And um, I was on cyclosporin for a very long time. Um, but then when we, we did try to have children way back and um, they took me off of that and put me on, um, well, no, I can't remember when it is they switched me, but um, they switched me off cyclosporin and now I'm on Rapamune or Cyrolimus. It's a, it was a newer drug mainly for, because cyclosporin was wrecking my kidneys. Okay. And they said, if you take cyclosporin much longer, you're going to need a kidney. So <laughs> let's not do that. So um, uh, Rapamune is a medication mostly for kidney transplant patients, but um, it's worked really well for me. Yeah, so. good. It's, it's sometimes a bit worrying with all the side effects that come with the drugs. Um, yeah. But it's I haven't had too many. Well, I've had a few side effects of the Rapamune, nothing major. I'm also on Imuran. That was the other medication they put me on. So... So I've been on both of those drugs for about 15 years. And what, um, out of interest, what um, scar have you got? What sort of cut did they do? Did they do the Mercedes? They did the, the Y, the upside yeah, down Y. Down and then round, yeah. yeah. They call yeah. it a Mercedes, because that's what I was expecting. That's what I got told. But um, I've literally just got like a, it looks like a graph. It's straight down oh. and it goes along. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure. And my frame is very small. Like I wasn't. I wasn't all that small at the time because of all the water I was retaining. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. um, my frame is so small that the surgeon said he was afraid he was going to break my ribs when yeah. with the retractor. Yeah, but it's it's amazing that you were out in five days as well, especially if you were, I mean, really ill before. Because I was, I think I was sort of lucky in the fact that although I was ill, ill enough to need the transplant, it wasn't like uh, some people I've spoken to, and it was like I need a transplant right away. So yeah. I could maintain fitness before and stuff like that, but you obviously must have been quite ill. And so your recovery is really fast. That's good. Yeah. I mean, but I didn't really get deathly ill until right at the end. Like they were really surprised about that because she did ask me after she goes, okay, we need to talk about like the last couple of years. Like, how have you been feeling? And she goes, let me guess. She goes, at one point you were really trying, you, you lost a lot of weight. And I said, yeah. And she goes, and let me guess, you were kind of trying to lose weight. I go, yeah. She goes, then you didn't really notice. She goes, you didn't lose weight because you were exercising and you lost weight because you were sick. Yeah. So it was kind of a two year process that I didn't, it was so gradual that I didn't really notice. Yeah. So that's what I've always said is when I went for the, my doctor's appointment, the general checkup, uh, I didn't expect them to say you, you need a liver transplant now. Cause I, like you said, I felt, I felt fine, but now I've right. had it. I can definitely say that I wasn't fine. <laughs> right, right. Oh, no, no. I felt immediately after the surgery, it was like, oh, this is what normal is. Like, I just had been living in such a not normal state for so long that, yeah. yeah. And you told me you have uh, two kids. Were they, like, obviously they know all about it and everything? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they know about it. Um, they don't ask too many questions. You know, they... 
they they when they were really little, we took them with me to. I only have to go see my um, Henry Ford doctors once a year, and um, we would take them with us. But now they don't have an interest. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're sixteen have, and twelve. So have you had them tested for Wilsons? No, they're adopted. Oh, so yeah. yeah, we don't have to worry about it. My sister did at the time of that of that diagnosis. Um, she had a friend who was a nurse who had her do um, this creatine test, whatever the, the, this testing was. It wasn't the genetic test, but um, all of her numbers were normal, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems to be, uh, as well, it seems to be more prevalent in females than males. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible that you're doing so well, and that was 20, It'll be 22 years in August. We got married July 3rd, and my transplant was August 3rd. Yeah, and uh, I, I suppose you haven't tried to reach out to the donor's family because I've spoken I did. to America, and it's harder there, it seems. I did. Um, I wrote a letter, and apparently he saved four lives, and yeah. I was the only one that reached out. Um, they did send me a, a letter in return with a picture of him, which I still have framed. And um, we did, I did talk to his mom on the phone a few times. It was kind of an awkward situation. Um, his brother was still having a really hard time yeah. dealing with his death. So it was, it was kind of a touchy situation. So I, I kind of lost touch with her, but for a while there, we had a few cut phone conversations. It's very, so very was, hard. It's very hard to know what to do, isn't it? Because um, in, in my writing the letter, I wanted to wait a year, one, because I wanted to have something to tell them, and two, uh, yeah. I just thought they might need some grieving time. Yeah. But, you know, some people write straight away, and that might help with the grieving process if you have a letter. It's just yeah hard to know what to do. I don't think there's any right answer, you know, one right answer. Um, but what we do in the, in the States is we write and to the gift of life, and the gift of life gets the information to the, like, there's no direct contact. Yes, same here. I think we write to the, the hospital and then the hospital send it on if the donor's family wish to receive yeah. it. Uh, and then I suppose they send a letter back and then eventually there could be yeah. a point to meet up. That's how, it, that's how it was with us, yeah. And uh, out of interest, do you, is your husband and your children now on donor's list or anything like that? Uh, they, uh, yes, my husband is. Um, he had a, a very dear friend who passed away, oh, about 20 years ago from leukemia. And so he's been on the, um, the, the donor list for that, the blood, the transfusion stuff for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. Because yep. they've just changed the rules over here to the fact that now, now you are on the donors list unless you opt out. Um, oh, okay. Or it was an opt-in system, so you had to say you want to be on there, yeah. But um, again, it still comes down to the, the family of the person that's passed yes. away. Um, they can decide. Yeah. For anyone watching this and you want to be a donor, uh, please talk to your family and friends. Yeah. We have it. We can have it on our driver's licenses here. Yeah. You, you can have it um, actually put on there that you're a donor. But ultimately, it is the family's decision. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really good. Really good. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, any plans for anything coming up this Well, I suppose uh, you're all in <laughs> lockdown the same as us, I suppose. Yeah, I'm trying to teach first grade right now from my computer, which is not easy. Yeah, that's because all our schools are off, so there's no yeah. teaching. It's all homeschooling, so were you just sort of sending, sending stuff out? Sending stuff out. I try to meet with a few students at a time. We have lunch together on the computer, 
So, nice. but it's not the same. No, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. You can't make it work. And how long have you been? So you obviously you said you were studying for your teaching, then you obviously yep. finished it. Uh, yep. Was that after everything had gone on? Was that something you had, had to get back to? I had just finished everything when I got sick, and then I spent about a year doing, I, I did some substitute teaching, because I wasn't quite sure, because, I mean, this was all foreign to me. Like, I was like, I don't know, can I be a teacher? I don't, yeah, and they yeah. told me, like, I love two and three-year-olds, preschool's like my favorite age, and they said, oh, no, 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 no way. <laughs> so um, they said kindergarten, which is five-year-olds on up, would be okay, and so I ended up teaching kindergarten for five years, a year after transplant. I got that job, and then I've been teaching first grade for like 17 years. Why was it, did they say no to the youngers because of enchantments of infection and things like yeah. that? Yeah, 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 because obviously your yeah. immune system's lower. And yeah, and they, and they warned me, they said, you're going to get sick all the time, but I really haven't. I've been really fortunate that every once in a while, once in a while I'll catch a bug, but um, not nearly as much as they thought I would. They were kind of amazed about that. Yeah, that's good. That's really yeah. good. And have you spoke to or met anyone else that's had transplants out there? Um, just a few people. Um, not, you know, when I would go down to the hospital um, early on, there would always, when we had clinic times, there would be a lot of people down there and we would chit chat. But um, not, there's not a whole lot around here. Yeah. Area. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not something that people just sort of tell you either, is it? Unless you, you know, unless you're doing something like this, and then people right. always message me. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, talking to me and sharing your story. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Is there, is there anything else that you wanted to necessarily bring up or say? No, I, I just wanted to thank you for doing this because Wilson's is really. People just don't know about it, and um, I think it's a really great thing that you're doing to make more people aware of it. Yeah, I think hopefully it'll just be, you know, if you get that diagnosis, uh, it's really worrying, isn't it? Um, well, yeah. you know, you didn't quite have that, but, um, and you don't know, you don't know what it is, then the only information you have is just sort of maybe some reading, and any kind of reading is always the worst possible scenario. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I just wanted to sh try and get as many people as I can on almost like a database so that people can yeah. say there's still a nice future ahead. Yeah, that's awesome. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, and we'll definitely stay in touch. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.